Well, Wes, you just minister yeah. as the Lord leads you, and uh, we're we're hungry here. Yeah. We're we're hungry Definitely. to receive what God's given you. I'm excited. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. I I, I love Bless you. Great. Hey, it's so uh, good to be with you. I just wanted to say, Phil and 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 Carrie, they've gone now, and I was kind of a little bit disappointed that I didn't see more of the dog. I was promised by Phil there would be the dog jumping around, and I had visions of John Noakes saying "downship, downship" um, from those old days of Blue Peter. But anyway, um, I'm glad to be with you. I've um, uh, for those of you who don't know me, I've been. Um, uh, coming to Phil's churches now for, I think, close to 10 years. I think it was 10 years where I first, about uh, nine, 10 years ago, where I first visited um, Chiswick when Phil and Carrie were in Chiswick. And then I had the privilege of being with you in um, Newbury about two years ago. Well, I, I um, want to talk about a, a specific subject this morning, and I believe it's, it's a subject that is... Um, on the heart of the Lord, and it's a subject that is is dear to His heart for the release of God's promises for for um, your family, but also for your city, your your town, your city, and and the nation of England. And you know, sometimes I said I said before we're in a season where there seems like on every corner some kind of crisis going on. There's you know individual crises. I know you've been going through some very, very um, challenging times as a as a church family, and uh, you know, and 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 when the, those individual crises hit our lives, it can seem like the end of the world. You know, maybe it's a crisis in your family, maybe it's a, an economic crisis related to losing a job or, or not having certainty how um, how you're going to provide for your yourself or your family in the days ahead P- perhaps the crisis the weight of the crisis you're feeling is 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 the political situation you know do our politicians know what to do are they going to be able to help us um, the last uh, few years have been very turbulent years politically in the UK or perhaps you're burdened by the moral crisis or the health crisis of covid-19 and uh, when we when we're dwelling on the crisis, it can sometimes lead to a, a, a sense of hopelessness in our hearts. A sense of hopelessness. My goodness, God, are you still in control, or is the world spinning out of control? And that can be married to a sense of helplessness. Um, what can I do? Is there anything that I can do to change this situation? And I know many people are feeling that more and more as this uh, COVID pandemic drags on, this sense of helplessness. My goodness, is there anything that can be done um, to 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 change the spiritual atmosphere, to change the season in which in 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 which in which we're in? And and I think that tension is a tension that God's people over hundreds and thousands of years have felt themselves in this this tension of God we have promises and yet our circumstances don't seem to um correspond to the promises you've made we've got promises of revival i remember at the beginning of 2020 there was such a great hope a new decade a move of the holy spirit stadiums are going to be filled stadiums are going to be filled all over the nations and uh, is this the season of revival in fulfillment of all of these promises? Is this the season of awakening? And then all of a sudden, two months later, in breaks this pandemic and suddenly we're locked down. And I think sometimes um, that is that is the reality. We have these promises of God and then we have this period of, of delay where those promises don't come to pass. And God does not want us to draw back in the delay. And he doesn't want us to lift our hands up and let go and say, well, we can't do anything. God actually in these seasons of delay is inviting us into a place of partnership for the release of the promises. Uh, the, 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 the story of Elijah comes to mind where Elijah, after a drought of three and a half years, receives the promise of the Lord. It's going to rain. The rain is coming. The heavy rain is coming. And Elijah looks up into the sky and there is no sign of rain. And sometimes the promises of God are accompanied by no sign in the visible, 
that those promises are about to be fulfilled. But if we see with the eye of faith and recognize our responsibility and our place of partnership with the Lord, we can partner with the Lord for the release of his promises. Because like I said before, all of the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ, even though the the timing may be a slightly different timing than we think. And what did Elijah do? Elijah was strengthened by the promise and went into that place of intercession, of fervent prayer, And I believe it was his fervent prayer that actually released the promise of the rain. You see, not all prophetic promises are guarantees. All prophetic promises in many uh, senses are invitations for us to lay hold of God with those promises in prayer for the birthing of those promises. And if we look at the promises on the one side and look at our situation on the other side and say, well, my promises don't correspond to what I'm experiencing. The temptation can be just to put our hands in the air and quit. And God does not want us to do that. You see, God has promised there is a solution for every crisis. God has promised there's a solution for immorality. There's a solution for the political and economic crisis. There's a solution for the health crisis of the world. There's a solution for every crisis and every difficulty on the world. And that solution is his kingdom, is the coming of his rule, is the breaking in of his um, decision against sickness, and it's called healing, is the breaking in of his decision against unbelief, and it's called salvation, is the breaking in of his authority against demonic oppression, and that's called deliverance and restoration. He's the God of justice, and he is on his throne, and he wants to and has promised to make every wrong thing right. Now, uh, you know, we, we see this pattern in through, throughout biblical history and throughout history. The, the prophetic is often diminished and is often despised because the prophetic does not correspond to the present. And that's the whole point. The prophetic is speaking something in advance that we do not see yet. And that's why Paul said as much as not all prophecy is accurate, we should not despise prophecy because by the prophetic promises of God, we actually wage war. We actually do war in the spirit for the release of those promises. But of course, the burning question on the heart of everybody is when are you going to release the fullness of your promises, O God? When is the kingdom going to break in? When is the pandemic going to end? When is revival going to come? And um, that was the question of the Pharisees and the religious leaders and the people in the days of Jesus. And in Luke chapter 17, if you have your Bible with you, I hope you do, turn to Luke chapter 17. And the religious leaders come to Jesus in Luke chapter 17, and they ask him the question that everybody was asking. The disciples asked it on other other occasions. When is the kingdom of God going to come? Luke 17. When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them. Now, God wants to answer us about when the kingdom of God, but his answer to the Pharisees was not mostly focused on the when, it was mostly focused on the what is the kingdom. They had a wrong understanding of the kingdom. But the more important question to God for his people, and I believe today, is not when is the kingdom coming, but how is the kingdom coming? And what is our role in the release of the kingdom? And so he knew the disciples were asking the same question. He understood that everybody was excited because there had been a long delay. Picture it in Israel. It had been 400 years since the last prophet Malachi closed the Old Testament with his prophecy. 400 years of silence 
and before that, many hundreds of years of promises and prophetic words, revival's coming, God's rule is coming, justice is coming, righteousness is going to fill the earth, the knowledge of God is going to fill the earth as the waters cover the seas, and these promises were connected to the coming of the Messiah and the rule of the Messiah. And of course, Jesus comes and says, the kingdom of God is now at hand. And so everybody was excited. I guess it's coming soon. I guess it's coming now. I guess Jesus is going to bring his righteous rule and make every wrong thing right. I guess we're right there now. And Jesus turns to them and says, actually, the important thing is not the dates and the times. And sometimes it's easy because of the excitement of the fulfillment of the promises to get fixated on the dates and times and just to wait it out. And Jesus says the important thing is not the dates and the times. Those things the Father has set and they will come to pass. But the important thing for you is not to focus on when the fullness of the promises is going to come. I have a role for you to partner with me for the release of those promises. In other words, the important question is not when is the kingdom coming, but how is the kingdom coming? And in chapter 18, Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not to lose heart. Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Jesus says, The way in which the kingdom of God will be released is as my people bring my promises before me and remind me of my promises, I will release my kingdom. I will release the righteousness and justice of my kingdom on the earth. And we see that in verse 6 and verse 7. It says, shall God not avenge? his own elect. Shall not God bring justice for his own people who cry out day and night, even though he bears long with them? He will bring justice speedily. Now, justice, the concept of justice and the concept of the coming of the kingdom and the fulfillment of God's promises are the same reality. Justice is about making wrong things right. The kingdom of God is about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit being released on the earth. It's the same reality. Jesus is saying, my kingdom will come when my people enter in, enter into a partnership with me, asking me to do what I have promised. And he goes on and then says, but when the son of man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? In other words, Jesus is raising a question. Are my people going to hang in for the long haul or are they going to quit at the earliest possible opportunity? Are they going to move from faith in my promises into faith in human strategies? And I believe that is a question that the Lord is asking his people today. Are we going to embrace God's strategy for the release of his kingdom? God wants us to understand that the release of his kingdom is through partnership with his people in prayer. We have to understand God has given us as his people a role in determining what happens on the earth. Everything that happens in the kingdom of God happens on earth in relationship to God and his people drawing close to one another. Nothing in the kingdom of God is released outside of men and women talking to God. And we call that place prayer. We sometimes want God to just intervene from heaven. And God says, no, I have given authority over the earth to the sons of men. And when the sons of men ask me to intervene, I will intervene and I will intervene through them. I will release my kingdom through them, but they have to talk to me. Everything in God's kingdom flows through relationship. We cannot do God's part. We can't release the power, but God won't do our part. And again, in this time of COVID, 
and everybody is has has different thoughts and different ideas but one of the things that i've seen is that that increasingly there is this looking to politicians for an answer looking to human institutions for an answer to crisis that's the way the world functions we look to others to help us in our difficulty and god i believe is using this time to say to his church do you believe that i am on my throne do you believe that i have a solution for this pandemic and his invitation to us is in this time where we feel locked down and helpless and sometimes a little bit hopeless he's saying to us i'm on my throne my power is not on lockdown my power is not in a bubble heaven is not on lockdown and you are not helpless because you in your apartment in your house in your family you through the blood of jesus have access to talk to me you have access to stand before me and to ask me to release my power and my provision on the earth beloved I don't know how young you are, how old you are, how weak you are, how strong you are. You can make a difference on your knees from the place of prayer. And there are different kinds of prayer, but I want to focus in for the the second half of, of this message on something that we often give to this little group of people in our church called the intercessors. And it's, it's um, you know, we, we can look at different kinds of prayer. There is devotional prayer. What's devotional prayer? That's the place where we talk to God, where we receive from God for our own hearts, where we strengthen ourselves in the Lord through just praising and worshiping and remembering his love and receiving his word in our hearts. That's what you could call devotional prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. There's no one like you, God. We all need to embrace a lifestyle of devotional prayer. And then the kind of prayer that most of us are familiar with is petition. We we, we we talk to God about our circumstances. We talk to God about our financial needs, about our personal needs, about our relational needs, about uh, the, the breaking in of God into our families and in our jobs, etc. and etc. You know, give to us this day our daily bread. But as Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer, right in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, he gives us the intercessory burden of the heart of God. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as in heaven. Now, what is Jesus talking about? He's saying when you come to God in prayer, don't just come on behalf of yourself. I want you to come on behalf of of the world. I have given my people a responsibility and a calling to draw near to me on behalf of the brokenness in this world and to say, your kingdom come on this earth. Your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Intercession is the place where we can partner with God in stopping wickedness and releasing God's kingdom and righteousness on the earth. Intercession is the place where we are invited to partner with God in stopping wickedness and stopping injustice and releasing through prayer God's kingdom and righteousness on the earth. Now, intercession is the act of intervening on behalf of someone else for the sake of seeking some benefit for the party we're interceding for or preventing some harm that would otherwise befall them without intercession. So it's the act of standing between God and the world. That's what we're talking about. God has given us a majestic calling. We are called to stand between God and the world. And as we do that, God promises, I will release my kingdom on the earth because you stood before me. 
Now, it shouldn't be so unfamiliar to us because Jesus in the Bible is pictured as the great intercessor who stands between sinful humanity and a righteous God. We all have need of an intercessor. We stand in the righteousness of Christ. We stand justified before God because Jesus has stood between us and God through his death on the cross. But he has also given us the ministry of intercession. He's also given us the responsibility as a kingdom of priests to stand between heaven and earth on behalf of those who do not know God for the prevention of God's judgment and for the release of God's blessings and salvation for the nation. I want to say it this way. Intercession is our primary governmental role in the kingdom of God. Intercession is the place that we have to enter into if we want to see God's kingdom released. That is the principle of heaven. Now, why is this important for us? Because sometimes we dismiss and minimize our role and we get into this inferiority complex and we say, there's nothing I can do. Oh, I wish that God would do something, but God is looking for intercessors. God is saying you as an intercessor, as a priest of God, you have been invited as a child of God to enter into the presence of God and to ask God to release his blessing upon the earth. Don't minimize your role. Don't get into an inferiority complex. Don't say, it's little old me. What difference can I make? God's word to you is, for such a time as, as this, you have been brought into the kingdom. And I'm just looking for one person. One person is enough. And often we say, well, that person needs to do it. And God says, no, maybe you are the person that needs to stand before me. Maybe you are the one. Who knows? If you don't do it, maybe no one will do it. And often we think, well, if I don't do it, someone will do it. But let's look at another Bible verse. Let's look at this principle in the book of Ezekiel. This principle of intercession, we see it here in Ezekiel chapter 22. And verse 29. And this is speaking of a time where Israel was in a situation of great crisis. It says, Israel, verse 29, the people of the land have used oppressions, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor, the needy, and they wrongfully oppress the stranger. And it says, What is God's solution for this injustice in the land? Is it to intervene from heaven? It says, no, I sought for a man among them. I sought for one person among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it. You see, God's righteousness demands an answer for unrighteousness. God's righteousness demands that unrighteousness be judged. But God is a God of mercy. He's a God of kindness. He's a God of grace. And he is slow in releasing his judgment against unrighteousness. And he said, if I could find one person who would stand before me as the salt of the earth and say, God, in judgment, remember mercy, he said, I would not release what this people deserves because of their unrighteousness. Therefore, it says, but he said the tragic thing about the days of Ezekiel, it says, I found no one. God found no one who would come before him on behalf of the land. He found no one who would plead the cause 
of those who were being treated unjustly. He found no one who would come before him and say, God, in judgment, remember mercy. Instead of judgment, release revival. Instead of punishment, release your kindness. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, said the Lord God. And the tragedy about this situation was God said there could have been a difference. And the people who could have made a difference were those who have access to my face, to my throne, those who have relationship with me. If they would have come before me on behalf of the land, there would have been a different outcome. And beloved, I believe in this hour, in this day, in this time of history, I believe we're at the beginning of the beginning of the season of the Lord's return. And and, and I want to say this. I want to say it kindly. I want to say it soberly. I don't think this pandemic is going to usher into the return of Jesus. But I also don't think we're going back to business as usual. I believe the pressure is turning up. I believe the rage of the nations is increasing. But the good news is God has promised when the darkness increases, That's the season where I want to release the light of my glory most intensely. That's the season where I want to release revival and salvation to the nations. But I'm looking for men and women who would release my blessing through to the nations as they stand before me in the place of intercession. The book of Ezekiel talks about how through intercession, we can avoid the judgment of God and see the blessing of God released. The same thing is true in the book of Joel. In the book of Joel, it talks about actually a season where there was a great plague that had touched the land and and, and a great economic crisis that had touched the land. And God's solution for the crisis is in Joel chapter 2 verse 12. Therefore says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. So Joel here says, let's remember in the midst of the crisis that God is a God who wants to release blessing. God is a God who longs to release mercy. Who knows if he will release mercy and blessing. And beloved, the answer is we can know that he will release blessing and mercy if we embrace his strategy. And the strategy comes then in verse 15. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather together as God's people in the place of prayer. Who should gather together? The special intercessors? No, it says all of God's people. The elders, the children, the nursing babes, the bridegroom, the bride, and the priests. Let them come and minister to the Lord. Let them say, spare your people, O God. In other words, let them stand before God on behalf of the nation and say, God, release your blessing instead of your judgment. Release revival instead of punishment for our sins. And do not give your heritage to reproach. And then it says, then, verse 18, then the Lord will be zealous for his land. In other words, we can either choose to live in the God is merciful, who knows what's going to happen, or we can embrace the strategy of heaven and gather before the Lord and cry out in intercession for the mercy of the Lord. And it says, then the Lord will be zealous. Then the Lord will release an answer. There is a place of who knows, and there is a place of certainty. And what gives us certainty about the blessing of the Lord is if we embrace the strategy of heaven and come before God in the place of intercession. And I believe we're standing 
in an hour. We're standing in a season where God is looking for intercessors to stand before him on behalf of their land. In England, in the United Kingdom, God is looking for the intercessors to stand before him in this season. Even in lockdown, beloved, heaven is open. Maybe your hairdresser's not open. Maybe your pub's not open. Maybe your favorite football team is not open. But heaven is open. You have access to stand before the Lord on behalf of Newbury, on behalf of your village, on behalf of your family, on behalf of your capital city, on behalf of your politicians. And God says, if you will embrace your calling as a priest, your access to my throne, I will make a difference. I don't know if you remember the story of Esther. Esther was a little Jewish girl who lived in a time of great crisis. A decree had been made over the whole land, a decree for the destruction of her people. And her relative Mordecai came to her and said, Esther, you have access to the king. You can make a difference. The king will listen to your voice because the king's pleasure and favor is upon you. And he will do what you ask him to do. And she said, I don't know. I'm just little me. And he said, Esther, for such a time as this, you have been called to the kingdom. And if you don't take your responsibility seriously, help will come from somewhere else. But who knows that you have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this to stay the hand of judgment and to release blessing for your entire people. And Esther said, okay, I don't see myself that way, but I am going to take seriously my responsibility. I am going to recognize that for such a time as this, I have access to the court of the king. You know what she did? She went into the court of the king in fear and trembling, not recognizing that the king had given her access, that the king's heart longed to give her the requests of her heart. And the king extended his scepter, the symbol of his government, to her. And she put her hand on the scepter. It's a symbol of, 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 of co-regency. The king invited her to rule over the kingdom, to release authority over the kingdom, just as he did. And the king of glory extends his scepter to you and to me and says, I want to rule over the nations with you. I want you to ask me for things that are according to my heart and I will release them. You see, intercession is a very, very simple principle. In intercession, what do we do? We come before the king and we agree with the things that he wants to do. That's all God is looking for. God, you are merciful. As we come into the presence of the king, we agree with his mercy. We agree with his goodness. We agree with his desire that all men should come to a knowledge of the truth. And God is looking for earth to agree with heaven so that heaven can agree with earth. And his mercy can be released. His salvation can be released. His kindness and his healing can be released. You see, Esther went before the king. Little Esther this little Jewish girl went before the most powerful king on the planet at the time, and her voice moved the heart of the king. How much more is the heart of the king of kings, who shed his own blood so that you could come before him, moved when you lift your voice and ask him to do the very things that he has promised to do? God open the heavens. God, release your salvation. God, pour out your spirit on all flesh. God, let your word run swiftly and be glorified. God, release your healing power. God, display the glory of your son. 
You see, intercession is not about fancy words. Intercession is about taking your place before the King of Heaven and agreeing, speaking out your agreement with what he wants to do. And I want to say this boldly this morning. I had a dream this week. And in this dream, I was leading a church in intercession. And I was teaching this message to the church. And I said, let's pray. And as I said, let's pray. Everybody applauded. And I started to pray. And I noticed nobody was praying. And I got done praying. And everybody applauded. And then I said, no, no, no. You have to pray. Prayer is so important. And everybody applauded. And try as I may, everybody was happy to celebrate the importance of prayer, but nobody was prepared to actually enter in to the place of prayer. And I believe over the last 10, 20, 30 years, there's been much teaching on prayer. There's been much celebration of prayer because we all understand this principle that prayer and intercession releases the kingdom. But God's saying in this season, where are the men and women? Where are those who won't just give a thumbs up to prayer? Where are those who will actually enter in until heaven comes to earth? And I believe it's the season in which our nations stand in the balance. Which way is God's hand going to turn? And God says, I will do nothing unless men and women come before me until they stand in the gap. Your prayers make a difference. Your prayers release the government of God on the earth. If two or three people agree concerning anything that is on my heart, God says, I will release it on earth. If two or three, it doesn't need to be a stadium. If two or three come together on a Zoom meeting, on a FaceTime call, touching anything that I have said, if they will take my words and they will speak them back to me, I will release it in heaven. I want to finish with one verse and the verse is in Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18. And this is a powerful verse and it, it, it causes me to tremble when I read this verse because I realize the balance, the, 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 the scales, the, I, I don't know how to even say it, but the, but the, 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 the direction of history God has given us a degree of responsibility in determining whether we enter into a season of judgment or whether we enter into a season of mercy. Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18 says this, The Lord waits, Isaiah 30 verse 18, The Lord waits that he may be gracious to you. The Lord longs to be gracious. We read that already in Joel chapter 2. The Lord is a God who longs to release his grace, who longs to release his compassion, who longs to release his mercy, who longs to release healing, who longs to make the wrong things right. It says the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And then it says this, verse 19, He will be very gracious to you, at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. In other words, God wants to release his promises. He wants to fulfill all his good pleasure over your life, over your family, over your city, over your nation. But he says, I'm waiting for those on earth to come before me and lift their voices and ask me to do it. Psalm 65 says that God will release revival as an answer to prayer. It says with awesome deeds in righteousness, you will answer us. Beloved, what a privilege we have. And do we understand that as we enter into this place of intercession, we're doing nothing less than following in the footsteps of Jesus, who is 
our great intercessor. And I believe that the the destiny of, of London, the destiny of Newbury, the destiny of England hangs in the balance. Is there one person that will stand in the gap before the land? Let's pray together. I believe today God is reminding some of you of this calling to of intercession. I believe God is wanting to release fresh hope and fresh vision for this ministry. Perhaps some of you have grown weary in well-doing and Jesus said, Hey, don't give up. Don't give up. Will the Son of Man find faith? It's not about the timing of the answer. It's about that you believed in faith, that the promises, the fulfillment of my promises depend in large part upon the prayers and intercession of my people. And Holy Spirit, we don't want to just celebrate that prayer is the right thing to do. We want, like Esther, to take our life in our hands and saying, I'm going to come before the king. I'm not going to draw back. I'm not going to just say, little old me, what difference can I make? I'm going to acknowledge for such a time as this, you have called me into the kingdom. God is speaking to some hearts this morning and, and, and he's saying, for such a time as this, I have called you into the kingdom. You don't have to wait till lockdown is over to come before me because heaven is not locked down. There's no social distancing. There's no social distance between God and his people this morning. There's no six feet, two meter distance. You're invited to draw near to him this morning. You're invited to lift your voice before him. It doesn't matter about getting the words right. If all that you can say is, God, your kingdom come, your will be done. God is looking for one person, one man to stand in the gap before him on behalf of the land. So I want to invite you, if you're at home and you can, and you're feeling just the calling and setting of the Lord as an intercessor afresh, just stand up where you are. Put your hand on your heart or... Stretch out your hands before the Lord and say, Here I am, God. Give me grace to stand before you. Give me perseverance to come day and night before you. On my own, with others over Zoom. But we're going to come before you until you rain righteousness down from heaven. Then the Lord will be zealous. Then the Lord will have compassion. I believe the best days for the kingdom of God in England are yet to come. But God says, where are the men and women who will take their stand, who will draw near to me, who will lift their voice in weakness and believe that I hear their voice and I move at the sound of their voice. The Lord says to you, let me hear your face. Let me see your face. Let me hear your voice. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Even for Phil and Caroline. I believe there's a fresh anointing coming upon you to lead prayer. To lead the charge of intercession in your church. I believe you're feeling that fresh wind of the Spirit to carry you in prayer. To, to encounter that promise of Isaiah. I will give them joy in the place of prayer. I will give them joy in the place of intercession. And I see you even calling the younger ones. Calling the younger ones. Phil, I see you. Even some of the things the Lord taught you about prayer in your days at Kensington Temple, the Lord has given those things to you to raise up even the teenagers and the children to begin crying out for Newbury and to begin crying out for the region of Berkshire where you are and to begin crying out for the land so Holy Spirit come. I ask for that fresh anointing to come. Oh, we say, God, we will not draw back. 
in hopelessness. We will not draw back in helplessness. We will come before you and ask you to change the spiritual atmosphere of this nation in this hour. God, we say our future is not determined by the politicians. Our future is not determined by the economic situation. Our future is determined by God who is on His throne. By God who is coming to reign on the earth through His Son Jesus. Our God who is coming to release His glory through His church to this nation. And so we thank You, Father. I ask God for the setting of watchmen. For the setting of intercessors in this season. Come Holy Spirit. Awaken, awaken, awaken. I feel that word out of Isaiah 52. Where the people are asking God to wake up. In Isaiah chapter 51 and God turns around and says, No, awake, awake, O Zion. Put on your garments on the garments of righteousness because I want to release my kingdom through you I want you to draw near to me I want you to partner with me in the release of my kingdom upon the earth for such a time as this God has called you into the kingdom so Lord I thank you for this time together I ask for fresh strength and fresh power I feel that some of you, God is waking you up. He's saying, shake off the dust. Shake off the lethargy. Shake off the tiredness. Shake off the sickness. Some of you, even sickness is knocking at your door. And God is saying, this sickness is not from me. Shake off the dust and enter in to my life today. God, I ask you for the breaking in of your power. I ask for the breaking in of your power against those who have been struggling with lethargy and tiredness. And let the word of the Lord come into their hearts like a sword. Awake, 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 O Zion. Clothe yourself with His strength. Strengthen yourself in the knowledge that He is on His throne. That He will not faint. And he will not grow weary until his justice is established to the ends of the earth. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lord, I bless this congregation. I bless this congregation with your peace, with your joy, with the spirit of prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, what a privilege to be with you this morning. Wow. Thank you, Wes. Yeah. That was powerful. Yeah. A real word in season yes. for us Bless in KCC, but also the wider body here yeah. in the UK. And uh, thank you. Yeah, really thank you. We received that. that. Yeah. And um, I just want to encourage anyone, if, if, um, Obviously, uh, we have our current prayer meetings, but if you can't make those times, drop me an email, pastors at thekcc.co.uk, and we'll see when we can gather more people on Zoom, obviously not naturally, uh, not physically, sorry, but we can do that. And uh, I believe that's a real word in season. We are in that place where this could tip into an amazing blessing. Amazing Amen. blessing. Yeah. A, I've been having that sense of freshness, yeah. that there is a fresh move of the Spirit of God just brewing yeah. uh, the sound of abundance of rain. But we, like Elijah, need to see, look out, pray, as he, as he put his head between his, his knees to pray, to travail, yeah. to see that, that cloud the size of a man's hand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wes, bless you. Yes. Thank bless you, you guys. We, we what a privilege. Seeing you in the flesh. <laughs> Sometimes Amen. Amen. And, well, we're just, pre yeah, we, we, and I just want to encourage everyone. Yeah.
get hold of that. Yeah. Yeah. God is listening. Yes. For your prayer, That's your right. voice. Yeah. You to stand. He's looking for that person mm -hmm. or those people. Yeah. To stand in the gap. Did you? Have Amen. Yeah. No. That's good. Really good word. I want to. I want to add one. One more thing. Just. Just to. Just yeah. to put a point on it. And. And again, I. I think sometimes. I think there's some people even who've been intimidated by this word intercession, and yeah. they go, "No, you've got to be in years in faith to actually enter in." I say, "No. The minute you were born again, you were equipped to stand before the Lord, and heaven. Jesus wants you to stand before Him." You know, you don't have to wait till you're 65 years old and join the intercessors in the church. <laughs> really, you don't. And I, I said, you know, that the place where the Lord called me, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I was about 16 years old yeah. and I went and I sought out that group. I tell you, I, I remember I sought out that group in my church and they were the old ladies. And they were falling asleep because they'd been praying so hard for so many years. And I tell you, it could be that you are the one who brings the life back in to that group and and and, yeah. and just i just encourage you whether you're 15 or 14 or 13 just find your place you are called as a lover of god to be a, a, a an intercessor absolutely Amen. and i just felt like get your trainers on we can pray and walk all over this place yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like, amen pray for it, you know <laughs> wonderful yeah. well bless you wes and uh we're gonna we're going to uh, just encourage you, make a real heartfelt response to that yeah. message. Don't just go, oh, that's great. Yeah, I love those scriptures. I love prayer. Yeah. No, let's be doers of the yes. Word of God. Yeah. And we're going to follow that through. Thank you so Thank much, you. Wes. as uh, real word in season. Yeah. We look forward to seeing you soon. Well, Amen. we're going to end Amen. now with something we love to do. Uh, we're going to declare the blessing of God yeah. over one another from number 624. The Lord, Lord bless you and keep you. you. The, the Lord, Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. God bless you this week. Yeah, let's go for it. Let's go for it. <laughs>